Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York who still can't improvise because the coronavirus has changed everything. But that's okay. Joining me today behind the beeps, the boops, and the buttons is the lady that makes it all happen. She's Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's If you're listening to this episode right when it comes out, it's Halloween. So there should be celebrating at a safe distance going on. Masks are encouraged. They are fun. And for a very special Halloween episode, we get to talk about uh, one of my favorite movies I've watched during the quarantine. And I've watched a lot. <laughs> We're coming up on 580 as of this recording. <laughs> Because I've got, and our guest is looking at us on the video like, holy shit, this guy has no life. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> but our guest today is from the film Uncle Peckerhead. She plays Judy, and her name is Chet Siegel. How are you doing today, Chet? I am doing as well as you can, given the circumstances. <laughs> Thank true. you so much for having me. Uh, it's and, it's and my I pleasure. Look at, uh, many movies you watched not because i thought how much time this guy has on his hands because hey <laughs> i got it too more i'm just like wow you can focus through a movie my attention span is such that i need like serialized content with cliffhangers constantly like i'm having a hard time watching a lot of movies in quar i've actually been the same way i haven't really upped my movie intake since the quarantine. Um, granted, Rick and I are also part of a movie club with some other friends, so that kind of forces me to uh, watch a couple of films, like one or two films a week. But I have been, since March, just really relying on TV shows I've either already watched or um, ones that I haven't watched yet, but they're comedies, so I'm not going to get anxiety from it. Mm -hmm. So that has been, that has been my situation <laughs> well hopefully the movie can keep my attention there are some that definitely haven't uh but uh, uncle peckerhead was one that that absolutely did i'd first heard about it uh, as a fan of dread pictures uh saw the artwork and then one of our previous guests soda he just bought the dvd and asked him would i like it he said yes um and before we get into the movie uh, I just want to say, and, and, and please interpret that as the compliment it ends up being at the end of it. I was somewhat tortured by uh, the movie because I'm watching Judy and I'm like, I think I know this person. She looks really familiar. And part of it is because your hairstyle was similar to Linda Cardellini's in Dead to Me. But I'm like, that's definitely not Linda Cardellini. So then after the movie, I go on a tie MDB and I see your name. I'm like, Chet, she was an improviser and teacher at Magnet. Mm -hmm. I may have met you once in it when I was doing, you know, a tech shift during a class show, but I may be wrong about that. I think and so. I think you I think you may have run tech for a show I was teaching. That could have been it, yes. Like a sketch show, I think. Uh, that sounds about right. And I uh, got to give special thanks to, you know, my friend Layla Carrillo, because I'm like... Um, hey, did, did you know Chet? Because uh, I sent you a message on Instagram. He's like, yeah, I know Chet. You want her email address? I'm like, that's creepy if a dude, especially like me, just emails somebody out of the blue. Can you facilitate that? So we got to thank Layla for making this happen. Well, thank you very much. And I had her in class, actually. Yeah. Uh, she's one of my students. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I, I, miss, <laughs> I miss improv. <laughs> I miss uh, doing live shows. I really do. I miss human beings. <laughs> um, yeah. We all miss performing, and even as things somewhat open up in New York, and it's like, oh, you can have gatherings of like 20 people or less. And I'm like, yeah, I know what like Chelsea and I and our show Spooky That's Doing is we don't yeah. pull maybe 20 or more people, but I'm like, I'm not putting my cast at risk to get to a sweaty basement bar someplace. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll postpone for now. We'll get there later. Also, someday. that's not true much anymore. New York is reverting back. Like there are so many hot spots that are closing down businesses and stuff. So we are we were getting better and then 
Well, the problem is, you yeah. know, we shouldn't open back up. It's uh, exactly it's not done. We have it's to not do done. It. It's not over. <laughs> Nobody did their not everybody did their timeout. Uh, That's we true. Had, we're supposed to do the timeout, the COVID timeout, to kill the little buggy bug, and we didn't. We couldn't. No, nope. we, we were supposed to do those what fourteen days. Yeah, we, could <laughs> we were, it was supposed to be fourteen days of like just just stay home for fourteen days. For fourteen days. 14 you days. know, God. Blame the government. We all yeah. me too. <laughs> and, and, I, and I say with all respect, Chet, like, what do you mean we, Kimasabi? I've been inside and it's I bought true. a shit I've ton of too. meds. Yeah. That's, true. That's um, true. I mean, the collective unfortunate we of the United States. Yeah. Yes. We the people. <laughs> yeah. the, the collective unfortunate we the people. That's a t shirt. That's a good t shirt. That's a t shirt. So, yeah, having that, that improv background and then finally realizing, oh, that's, that's where I know this lady from. That's definitely the 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 hot sauce on the wings of this this wonderful film uncle pecker head uh so uh, with your background in improv do you also have you also been a fan of horror movies prior to being involved in one a little bit but i have to admit i scare really easily um <laughs> i really do i think uh i think it's one of the reasons i like being in horror i like I like the genre of horror, of horror as a performer because I genuinely get spooked. Like, things terrify me. Um, I have a hard time. I can only really watch horror movies during the day. Uh, you know? That's a way to get through it. Uh, yeah, I, I've had nightmares since I was a little kid. And so I just, you know, there are certain things I just can't do late. But I like... Um, I like a lot of uh, the less of the monster movies. I like a lot of the like Peckerhead. I like a lot of the the funnier B kind of you know horror movies in that style. I like real gore. Um, I like the trauma movies a lot, um, just because I think it's so campy the the blood and, and guts and whatnot. And uh, Uncle Peckerhead really uh, gore wise styled itself off of those films too. That, that's that's very very clear now with your 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 being scared easily did you find being on the set and seeing how the sausage is made and having uh, a bunch of unshaven near duels like myself behind the camera setting thing up does that kind of put you at ease a little bit especially multiple takes in like I mean, okay yeah like i knew it wasn't real i'm a, an adult but um but i gotta be i gotta be honest the the gore was very realistic looking in person you know there's a lot of corpses it's a spoiler alert it's a little bit of a, a, a zombie a cannibal movie so there's some eating going on um and also when the effects smell like a lot of artificial chemicals and stuff mm. like we had buckets and buckets of like things labeled thick poo you know on set <laughs> and uh and all of like, and you're and you're you're in a film set. You're dealing with like a lot of really hot lights, so it's like cooking all these smells, and you're in small spaces. So th there's a scene where we uncover the first body, and everyone looks at it, and we're all gagging and vomiting. And we were all we had to take a break. Like we were all gagging and vomiting at the side of this thing, um, which is just a real delight as an actor when you don't have to do shit. You just have to be in a room <laughs> with the stuff, <laughs> and the cameras are on. Oh, I was taught in the improv, the, the natural reaction is usually the best one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll spoil the movie because I don't think uh, spoilers are as big a deal as people make them out to be. Mm -hmm. Why something happens is uh, more important uh, specifically than what happens. So uh, you play Judy and Uncle Peckerhead, mm -hmm. the bass player and one of the singers of a punk band called Duh, which mm -hmm. I love. Um, and your, your van gets repossessed right before you're supposed to go on tour. You find somebody with a van. He's willing to drive you to your gigs. And mm, the titular Wait. man, Uncle Peckerhead. Yeah. I have to interrupt you for a second. Please. You're mentioning the, the re repoed van. That was one of my favorite parts was when he just goes, shit. When I think about it, the creditors did call a lot last week. And then you just go, and it cuts that was one of my I just loved y'all's uh banter but right when you mentioned the van I was like oh, that part cracked me up and it's worth mentioning um because Joseph brought up the band duh uh like one of the things I loved about this movie is like I love fake band movies mm -hmm. and this movie really did fake band really really well the guy who played Max Jeff Riddle there are three members of the band 
um, and he he's the guitarist and the lead singer. He wrote all of the music for this movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was going to ask. His, he created, I mean, he is a musician and has, and has you know, I'll, I'll link all his stuff at the end. So, and he just released an album you can get. And he also, like, hand-pressed his own vinyls that are so fucking cool. He's so cool. Um, <laughs> but um, he, he wrote all of the music for the movie. Um, and Ruby, who uh, played Mel, uh, she and I aren't musicians. Uh, she's a singer, and actually, she had a web series called Gigi, which was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, um, it's it's about like a it's like a Josie and the Pussycats, but like very art and very cool. It's like a <laughs> web series about a, a a band that she wrote and starred in. But um, so uh, so the way they did this is like Jeff and would send us videos of him. He would send me videos of him playing the bass. So I learned how to play those songs on the bass because I don't play the bass and get the physicality right. The, the movie magic of it all, Ruby took drum lessons and we got the music beforehand. And also I lip sync. I didn't sing. Really? Yes. I, I was going to ask if you had a musical background because I was fooled by the film. I know they did a very good job with the shooting, and also I love lip syncing. It is like uh, I love drag a lot, and I go. To, I, I used to watch a lot of drag shows in person when that was a thing you could do. Um, and there is something really fun as a performer when you don't have to worry about the sound that's coming out, and you just are focused on performing the song. And like that was that was so fun to me. And um, mm -hmm. Augusta Koch uh, is who often plays with uh, Jeff is the one who sings Judy and she's fucking great. And she also just released an album. Great. I, well, thank you. Cause uh, just skipping to the end when the movie was over, I'm like, I got to order the DVD. I got to try to get Jeff on the podcast. I want a sequel and I want a soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so halfway there for, for some of it. Yeah, um, we're trying to find, uh, I, I think Matt, um, the writer, director, and editor, uh, horror comedy auteur that he is, and childhood, and long, and like long best friend of Jeff, like this, this, I feel like they, he worked on this movie with Jeff in mind. I auditioned, I didn't know these guys beforehand, and uh, they had us like auditioning groups to sort of get a vibe of like, if this band will work, um, but it's, it's really clear, um, it's, it's really clear how much this is like a love letter to punk also. Very much so, yeah. Director and writer Matthew John Lawrence uh, did a great job. Yeah, back to the plot, you find out that this this strange hobo living in his van uh, turns into a demon at midnight every night for 13 minutes, and you have to deal with it. And the great comedy uh, of it, as, as Chelsea mentioned, what a lot of independent and punk bands go through. Uh, we've we're, we're friendly with this band out of Philly called Soraya and I texted their drummer. I'm like, the next band meeting or rehearsal, when you're done, you need to rent this movie and watch it because there is the reality of trying to find places to sleep as you're hand-to-mounting it on tour and promoters like fucking you with the description that you only find out after mm -hmm. you showed up. Like your line, uh, when you're told you have to do three hours uh, and you're the only band you're like we have 20 minutes of material 22 with a misfits cover and i lost my shit yeah i mean it also feels a lot like um even though I, i'm not a musician like i've been a comedian and i've been uh working in like film and indie film for a long time and it feels a lot like punk like it feels a lot like i mean the, the shoot it felt like we were a band on tour like also that white van is jeff's van that's his real <laughs> van that he tours in and we all, and that was like also the vehicle we, like this is a small budget movie. Like this is also the vehicle we did everything in. Like we went from place to place and like we lived in that van. All our equipment was in that van. We were trucking all this stuff out. I mean, it, uh, it, it really felt like it captured that grind of those kinds of arts gigs of like the scrapping and like the compromises you make. And it like really did a good job of like also looking at like what ambition can do and how it can make you lose sight you know like judy is is so a type and so like wants the band to be successful that she's willing to like do things that aren't savory and like make bad bedfellows that eat people you know to like get her goals done so it's like i think it's a good also like tale of corruption and selling out and greed interesting interesting take my mind's a, a little bit different but we'll 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 
get to that. Uh, I just lost my train of thought for a second. So fuck, let's let's get into to my opinion. I, I I definitely see your point, but I looked at it as it, there there was heart there, and I frequently say that heart in horror, or real love of horror, will supersede a very small budget in a lot of cases. So I I, I could tell the people they they loved music, they loved horror, and even even Peck. I feel like he loved the, even though he was a monster and he didn't feel as bad about eating people as he, he, he lied to them, but he also stuck up for them. He, he was willing to eat and butcher the people that wronged the band and cared, but like a lot of monsters, uh, you know, once he felt betrayed, all bets were off. Yeah, I mean, there's a to- I totally agree with that, too. I mean, there's a ton of love and there's a ton of respect for the craft, but I, I, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, this man eats people, you know, and, uh, yeah, that's not so bad okay with that. Can you be okay with that? And like, I don't know. I think about that sometimes when I'm on set for like a Chase Bank commercial, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, who's Fair. helping here? You know, what am I doing with this? Like, is this helping anyone? Or am I just, you know, also please Chase Bank hire me to shoot a commercial. If you're listening to this horror podcast. I would love to work. But, um, but yeah, like there's still, there's still a lot of darkness in these in these communities and in these worlds, like lurking around, a lot of weirdos lurking around, uh, a lot of predators. At least that's mm. how I see it in this very paranoid time. You're you're not wrong. Between uh, the the predator and the sense of I turn into a demon and eat people, and also the cutthroat business of the other bands, like we need a better showcase, yeah. even though we're playing for the same twenty people. Like, well, all right, but you know, some if if you're if you are the opening band, uh, okay. If you feel you should be headlining, outshine. That's, I don't know, just reading a lot of punk rock and, and, and band biographies. It's like, all right, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you're like, wait, why are we headlining? All right, let's do it. But yes, Chelsea was texting me lines of dialogue throughout that she loved, as, as she frequently will if I recommend a movie to her and it really yeah. resonates, it amuses me greatly. Let me, let me just go over my greatest hits. There's I, one I, that I won on a t-shirt. I just want a t-shirt that says metalheads in the parking lot. Something about that, just being repeated as well. It's like, well, what happened to the metalheads in the parking lot? And then metalheads in the parking lot tags hours earlier. Um, I loved that. And I did write, now that I think about it, the creditors were calling us a lot last week. And um, we got other towns to rock and whatnot. I just thought he was so cute. I mean, yes, he's a murderer, but he's cute. Yeah, and he's so lovable. He's so lovable, and this music is special. And uh, you're special for being here with us tonight. <laughs> when he was trying little speech to the crowd, yeah. off his hand. <laughs> he was trying so hard, and it, you know, it was so satisfying at the end to see him really just like be like, "Hey, we got merch, and you know, this song's dedicated to our friend Peck," and he just had it down. I was like. And even Peck looked proud. <laughs> like, yeah. look at look at my children up there. <laughs> yeah, they're a sweet little family, you know, for as long as they can be. Oh yeah. I mean, I I feel like, you know, it does make sense in a way. I can see the instant gratification of, you know, of course your character seemed to have a little bit more of a moral compass when it came to this, um, at first being like yeah no this is wrong and then it's like well they were assholes though um you know they were they didn't pay us a lot and you know it happens a couple of times and you're kind of ignoring the uh obviously the moral uh issues there yeah the huge red flags but that's not something that's going to be a long-term solution so I definitely think it went on for like just really as long as it could because I mean it did get to the point that you always know it's going to get to where there's some innocent I mean 
there's a lot of innocent, you know, victims in this, but um, you have the innocent bystanders that are tied up and gagged. Like, what are you going to do with the daughter and the grandmother? And the like, grandma. there's like, the yeah, most innocent people. That's a that's a very innocent pair. Of exactly. So that's that's kind of the that's the point. You know, you always know it's inevitably going to come to is that there is going to be. It's not going to be a douchey showrunner or a band that pisses us off. This is these are people, and this is a this is a problem. <laughs> a big problem yeah <laughs> i i kind of looked back at it like if if you took the moment if you weren't pressed for time for that last show much like when peck sat duh down it's like breakfast is on me just hear me out because pancakes will go a long way to get me to agree to things but i'm i'm a little more susceptible that was a great scene though when he was when he was just listening and stuffing his face like oh, yeah. I can't handle this and all of his just like for you know 13 minutes or so like just the way it's it's talked about it, it is like was that the scene where um yeah where you said are you diabetic and you brought out uh the yeah, the needles um, uh, yeah the syringes and stuff and just how he handled that I don't know it was I love that long diner scene, and then when the when the check comes, this is on me. <laughs> like just yeah, remind. Seeing the huge wad of money come out too, I think that is what sold it for Judy. At least that was what I was going for. Like, oh yeah, okay, this is because I think the the reality is like that band, and I relate to this. Like struggling, like they need, they do not have money. They have commitments, and they don't have any way to get there. Like mm -hmm. it's a, a real desperation, real desperation. Yeah. I, I do have one, I, I have one question for you, and this isn't, this is jumping a, a, ahead to the end, but I want to go ahead and ask you this. Like, the last scene is so great when, you know, 11.59, you see yeah. Peck, um, and, you know, the clock turns, the watch turns 12, and the focus is on you and hearing uh, the screams. As an actress, I can tell like you're you really just captivated the camera there. Like just oh, I just have to say that was so well done and I don't think I was even breathing when I was just <laughs> watching that because it, it, I was just I was just matching the emotions you were giving. I was just feeling what you were feeling and I would love to know like what was your what motivation did you give yourself then or what was your train of thought because there's obviously so many things going through your head as you're seeing peck is starting what is it you know the ultimate revenge is it you know i would just love to hear more about that scene from your perspective um great well i'm really tickled that you liked it so much because uh, <laughs> i like i like that scene a lot and um i like um I don't know because it's also it's one of those things because I perform live a lot and I have a theater background um it's one of those scenes that only works on film yeah because you're absolutely so close to a person and you uh like it's an extreme close-up of my face that gets that gets smaller and smaller and it like kind of narrows in on my eyes and it's a pretty long shot um while we're playing a live scene a, a live show and um it's actually, the end of the scene is kind of left a little bit vague in the script and in Matt's eyes of like, is Peck coming in? Is she envisioning what's happening? Is she planning for what's happening? Is she, oh. so for me, I, I was, I was thinking of the anticipation of the horror and like, uh, the thing that was scarier or more active, like I'm always like, okay, what is the more active thing? And when you're on camera, you want to be thinking as much as possible. Like that is kind of how is how you get it done a little bit is you just need to focus up and just just think about whatever this is and it'll sort of happen mm -hmm. on your face. I don't know. That sounds like some bullshit. Um, <laughs> acting always, when you explain acting, acting always sounds like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> just thought of every horrible thing that could happen and I just thought of every person because there was a real audience sort of thrashing around for a bit. just thrashing having the time of their lives right. yeah so I just like imagining all of them get eviscerated and then you know I mean it's scary yeah and once you think about it, it it does the work well that's almost even more frightening now to me because now I'm thinking is this going to be her life every night at eleven fifty nine? 
is she going to think whether she's at a show, whether she's in bed, whether, you know, um, someone is coming inside her, even though he shouldn't have. Uh, so you got to get the morning after pill. Um, oh my God, that was a great invoice for the morning after pill. Yes, that was such a great moment. But anyway, like, you know, when she's doing stuff, if it hits 11.59, is this her? So, oh, wow, that actually frightens me even more. That, <laughs> yeah, someone, I love know, that. As someone who struggles with a little bit of trauma and is in trauma therapy like PTSD kind of like fits what that is I mean that's oh absolutely there's no way you live with the possibility that something that you know that something that horrible can happen at any yeah and it's it's like once you know that that is activated in the world to like not be set off by these triggers and sent into the darkest of horrors and hells uh, mm-hmm. is is a real battle <laughs> yeah no you're right no it's yeah. wow that's that is great i i'm so glad i asked you about this now because now i'm just even thinking about this scene more because you know peck flashes in and out in the exact same place so Right. It, you are, you know, on the money with like, was he there? Is she envisioning this? Right. Or, you know, he very well could be. It's definitely, it's definitely open-ended. And that's the type of open-ended that I don't mind. I usually get really annoyed when things are left way too much to interpretation because my personal belief is the writer got lazy. Yeah. You um, have to end your movie. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and your you fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of your movie. With the exactly. You don't get exactly. So that's the type of, that is, it's almost like a very, you know, tight, uh, open-ended, if that makes sense. It's just, it's streamlined, um, where you're, you kind of know her fate regardless is not fantastic. (laughs) It's either, you know, um, a lifetime of really, uh, you know, dealing with this trauma or her and her bandmates are getting torn apart that night as well um, with this audience. So I like that a lot. I love this movie. <laughs> I went into it with, like, I didn't have any expectations because all I knew That's was, yeah, right. It's called Uncle Peckerhead. <laughs> it's called Uncle Peckerhead. I saw some pictures from it when I looked it up and something also really funny that I wanted to note is when you look it up on Google, the people also search for is the America Ferrera film, Real Women Have Curves. I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, that is what That's comes so up. And I'm like, that is a coming of age film about a Mexican-American family. What does this have to do with Uncle Peckerhead? But I, yeah, I had no expectations. I, it looked fun. Um, I loved the poster. I loved the images I saw. I didn't watch the trailer or anything. I just trusted Rick's opinion and um, which doesn't always go extremely well. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, no, I loved it this morning. I just, I, I started it like at 7 a.m. with my coffee and I just, huh. I, had a, I had a damn blast. It was, it was gory. It was fun. The music was great. And you can buy our yeah. merch. You can buy merch for the fake band Duh online. Uh, that's all, happening. That's done. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the merch was designed by Wiki Mendoza, who did all of the art and uh, all of the costumes and all of the set design. Like again, mm-hmm. like I mean, this is a, a real film. It was union, you know, whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it. But it uh, it was a very bare bones uh, production and everyone who was working on it had like millions of slashes to their jobs. And I think that Wiki did such an incredible, incredible job creating an aesthetic for a whole group. I mean, she did, she was the whole art department and that's yeah. bananas. That is really crazy. Cause everything looked great and it did feel very, nothing felt out of place. I, would genuinely believe that you you guys have been a band for a long time it everything about it felt like even the scenes that weren't really that long where you guys were I don't know if it was like in a flat or an apartment where you were going over things um like even just apartment yeah 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 just the way it was done was really you know really good and it was shot in a lot of cool locations. Like it was, uh, we, we lucked out a lot. Um, Matt teaches for Monmouth, Monmouth College or Manmouth. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's in New Jersey and I'm sorry. I don't know what it's <laughs> It's called. one of those. It's one of those. He's like a film teacher there. And um, 
So he like has, and he grew up in Jersey and his brother runs House of Independence in uh, Asbury Park, which is, which we play at at the end, which is a real venue. Um, and so what helped is like, because he's got such a close connection with the punk world, we played in real venues. We played in little dingy apartments that, you know, we, 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 they did such a good job of like, we lived in the world of this movie um, for better or worse, <laughs> for for how long we shot it, which was like only 18 days, which is a very wow. short time to shoot a movie. Like, and we were going back and forth from New Jersey to Philadelphia. Um, the venue we played in in the very last scene in that concert, we actually went, when, when we were going into that building, it had an eviction notice on it. Oh my God. For, <laughs> I guess for like a legal concert. Um, but, how uh, punk and then you go play there <laughs> exactly. so, I mean it was it was perfect um but it was like a band house like people live there in the basement was a venue like it was I don't know like I think the the locations really helped even though we spent such a short time in some of them like really make the world of it pop it really felt mm-hmm. grimy like we we were in some seedy hotels we were in some bizarre airbnbs <laughs> well even even the grandma's house felt very you know grandma hasn't updated anything since 1965 <laughs> like that it's just movie making magic that are you kidding mendoza's sister's apartment oh my god she just put up she bought like uh, she had like some you know, that painting that gets poop all over it mm-hmm. bought that from an estate sale like all that stuff and uh, of course, you only have one take when you're ripping out someone's intestines and they're spewing vomit poop. Right. Um, so that is also impressive that that got done. Like our camera crew is like covered in trash bags, like while getting shit sprayed at them. Like Bulma's Productions, you're very good at what you do. Um, but yeah, like they actually, because it was in Wiki's sister's apartment and we got blood everywhere, her sister was livid. We couldn't get it off. Of, it's a rental. Oh, no. <laughs> So during the shoot, there's like, uh, like uh, you know, I went home, but like <laughs> Matt and, and oh. Jeff and, and the crew, like there's videos of them like until the wee hours of the night, like in their underpants, like scrubbing fake blood off of a wall. Oh and my god! And it's just like this is, this is that movie. I was gonna say uh, my day job is you know set dressing and props, so it's like yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the set dressers or the effects people had to scrub quite a bit. Uh, of stuff where like it's probably even tough to get a lot of that stuff out of your wardrobe oh yeah we we had bloody clothes and regular clothes like we had uh we uh, have two sets of stuff and wiki also reached out to a lot of like bands gave us permission to use their their real um their you know their real merch and uh also a couple cool little you know shops on etsy and whatnot that are making their own stuff so she, she did a great job it was one, and and what you mentioned about the authenticity of it, I think this movie could become a a spinal tap for bands that like horror because they encounter the real horrors of day to day band life of you know trying to get noticed, hope hoping that this label that you think is it, it's it's the pinnacle in your world maybe not in the corporate rock sense but like that's your goal hopefully they notice enough and maybe they want to put out two songs on a seven inch but also if you like the horror of you know some guy turning into doesn't like monster he likes sting and 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 ripping people's fucking heads off and yeah dave is a great monster like if you like horror he played a really great monster um Mm -hmm. because he and he doesn't have a southern accent. He did a southern accent, which I thought was cool. And it's like, uh, and I'm from West Virginia, so when people have a southern accent in a film or a regional d- southern dialect, and it doesn't, and it sounds off to me, it really hurts my soul. Um, <laughs> but I thought he did a good job of, of like, of like you couldn't quite place it south, and of like Atlanta e, like it sounded a little Georgia e. It sounded very Georgia to me. I'm Alabama bred, so See, right. It's I agree with you. Yeah, it sounded very Georgia to me. And uh, he's so sweet and charismatic, but he's also very frightening. Oh, yes. Um, and the oh, he was in, because it's all practical makeup, too. I mean, he was, when, he's in his, when he was in his tech stuff, boy, very scary man. Yeah. Well, I, 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 oh, go ahead, Brett. I think his scariest moment is 
not in the makeup when judy's like all right you're you're out of the band and he just stands up and walks towards you like i think you want to reconsider that yeah it's like that like that that's the point where uh you you have to really love somebody to turn it into hate that quickly uh and 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 that strongly in that moment like that's that was the scariest part for me now like all right yeah he's killing the metalheads in the parking lot metalheads in the parking lot yeah that, we, we don't like the metalheads anyway i mean but it's, it's that could have been me at the age of 13 <laughs> except for i'd have a pepsi instead of the beer 13 though those those were men this, <laughs> they is, were. this is true i'm just saying i was a metalhead drinking pepsi in a parking lot uh before i was you know cultured and mature <laughs> Well, that was actually being a metalhead in a parking lot, but yeah, nothing wrong with that. Just don't be a dick about it, you know. (laughs) But that's what I was about to say was the scene um, where, yeah, you're out of the band. I was so scared for your character at that moment, and but I agree that um, the makeup uh, when he does become that 13 minute uh, killer was so well done. It was. It wasn't it was b-movie but it wasn't hokey like it it just it did feel like his face would naturally transform into this like decaying type of situation right. like yeah as opposed to it looked like extreme an extreme wound as yeah to, like, exactly monster makeup and i think that is what made it more humanistic agreed maybe. yeah it like, definitely with, like the body flesh mm-hmm. tones and the bruising colors and like that sort of putrid palette yeah, no, exactly. There was something, exactly. There was something decayed about it and it just it, like a wound and, you know, it, it really worked because again, it had that practical look. It had that, you know, what you're looking for when you're watching a B-movie slasher, but it was still very, it, it was very realistic in how it was done. As, as realistic as that situation can be. Um, and when he would laugh, oh God, I, it would be so freaky. And then he had his IBS issues, and I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was not ex- when his stomach started rumbling, and he was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "Oh, it he's gonna sense, throw up." Right? Like it's- people aren't gonna like raw people aren't gonna sit well on a stomach. No, that's normally like just a, a normal dude's stomach. Exactly. So it did make sense, and I did love the you know just the editing style of it went to the screaming and the shitting, and then it was quiet. And then it went back to the screaming and the shitting, and then it was quiet. And I was like, this is insane. <laughs> it was well done. I was like, I was not expecting him to have explosive diarrhea. And usually that's not something I laugh at because I don't Nobody know. expects explosive diarrhea. Nobody expects. Yeah, that's, I guess that's the. Nobody, nobody that's wakes the up in the morning and like, you know what I'm going to do today? <laughs> That doesn't happen. But um, yeah, in looking into the merch uh, on subtletrex.com, uh, I saw that there was a short film, Larry Gone Demon, uh, the, in the hopes of it becoming the second part uh, in, in what is going to be called the Duh Trilogy. And I know we're in a pandemic, but can you tell us, Chet, if you've spoken? with the the director about reprising judy because at, at the end of the movie i wanted a sequel like uh halloween 2 style or friday mm-hmm. 13th 4 that would start right where the first film ended and take it from there but this the, this synopsis seems to be something very different but i'm just wondering uh have you th- or can you tell us anything because i know sometimes you can't talk about it well I can't talk about it because I don't know about it. But, okay. Uh, but if I do, if I do talk to Matt about it, I'll tell you about it. But um, no, I mean he's created such a like a he's got a clear style, and all of his movies exist. A lot of his movies exist in the same world. It feels like. Um. So I'm curious to see what he does. I think he made the ending of the film purposely open ended so that it could, you know, he could bring back some of these characters or this world, you know. Um. So who knows? And, you know, write to your senators and congresspeople about providing arts funding, arts relief funding, because maybe then we'll get a fucking sequel. I I have frequently. Would you like to play Judy again? I would. And I would like to, you know, I, 
I, I, I would. It was a stressful time. <laughs> but, it, but it was very fun to pretend to be, as a very anxious little nerd, it was really fun to get to play a punk rocker. It felt very fun for me. To, like, take off the glasses and middle part the bangs and just uh, scream a lot. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really fun to perform punk music. It is, even if you're lip syncing or you're screaming, you know, it just, it is so, like when Jeff was telling, like kind of coaching me and Ruby about how to be, and he's like, it really does not fucking matter how you sound. That is actually not the point of punk. You just gotta go. You just, just rage. You find a place to rage from and you just like find, you just, it's an energy, um, which I thought was really, really helpful. So I'd like to do it again and I'd like to, um, I've, I've played a lot of musicians in things, even though I, I don't have a ton of actual musical experience. So I would like to actually fucking learn some music for the next go around if I do it again. Was there anything specific that, uh, that the director had you guys like listen to or watch before making it? He did a lot of um, we actually, we shot this movie in 2018, actually. That was going to be my next question, actually, was did you film it right before, like, the shitstorm, or was it, um... Oh, it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, it was just summer 2018. Um, and, because movies take forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just do, especially if they're involved in a studio. Like, mm -hmm. if something came out fast, it was just is on, on their own. <laughs> yeah. Um, Looking in your direction, Saw 7. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, uh, oh wait, what was the first part of that question? Uh, were you instructed to listen to anything oh, yes. specific? Or watch anything specific? Matt is a bit of a Judy himself, I have to say. And so he wrote us all little essays about our characters, about their histories, and gave us like uh, some pop culture references and some music references and, and all early 90s punk mostly uh, stuff. Uh, and yeah, that was that was pretty much the, the vibe. I don't have a, a clear list of all of his. Ref I don't know where that doc is. I've got to find it somewhere deep in my internet. I have. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, he did. A, he did a good job of 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 immersing us in the kind of world he wanted. His his lookbook, as they say in the industry, was was very clear in terms nice. of the tone and and kind. And. Uh following up to if you'd like to play Judy again. Have you thought of uh, the potential of this movie gaining ground and you being considered a scream queen? I would love, honestly, I would love to be a scream queen. I love, I love, I, I love it. It's doing a horror, performing horror is a fucking workout. It is like a lot. It's a really, I, I think, People don't give horror actors enough credit because it Agreed. is a lot of, I mean, and I, whatever, I had it super easy in, in, the, in terms of horror movies, in terms of being chased around, in terms of like what people actually have, you know, sometimes happen. But it was so cathartic to scream and run in the woods. It was so, it, it's a lot of, you have to really tap deep into like being present with the fear and all of that nonsense it was it was a delight i would love to scream for money again <laughs> well hopefully one day this virus will be over and fangoria will do a convention in new york and i'd love to see you there at a table and uh for you we'll to see. sign stuff for people and uh get freaked out when you find that uh, your visage has now been tattooed on them. I always wonder how horror actors feel about that the first time they see it. Like, oh shit, well that's permanent. I don't know, it's all scary. You know, also as a female-bodied person who is not famous and has still been stalked anyway, you know, it's oh. like, it's, it gets you nervous. It, gets it you, like, makes it, sense. Everything is frightening. <laughs> is the story, is the name of my interview today. Everything is frightening. I didn't do any acting. I just screamed like I always do all day. Uh, everything's frightening. Yeah. We're all going to die. But we are. Um, That's the definition of life. Uh, hopefully we have a good time on the way out. And I hope so. But... Listen to some wonderful rock and roll. And as we, we bring this in for a landing, just want to thank you again, Chet, because this was 
awesome uh, to, to talk to you and reconnect after a very brief meeting previously. Um, is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners about? Anything you'd like to plug? Any projects you're associated with? First and foremost, you know, uh, if you love horror and you're listening to this and you love movies, you know that our the whole movie and film industry is pretty much on pause right now. So I would encourage you to reach out to your senators, your congresspeople, your governors, whoever the fuck you can to get uh, to encourage them to pass an arts relief package. Um, you can follow Be an Arts Hero on social media platforms. It'll give you more information about that and give you some templates to, to use if you want to do that. Um, I was, you know, not a lot of, of new stuff, but I, I, I was part of a show called Alternatino on Comedy Central. Yes. Hero Castro. That was a fantastic sketch comedy show. And that also had a narrative in it. Like the spine scene was his life, Arturo, the, you know, the actor and the sketches were all kind of loosely thematically, but like not in all separate worlds, just sort of off the spine scene. And I played Chet, one of Arturo's friends, and I just think the sketches in that show are so incredible, and they're really, there are a lot of political sketches that are pretty relevant to right now, so watch that if you haven't on, on Comedy Central, um, and right now, um, because I am in Ingrid, I am doing as much as I can to volunteer, um, so I've, I work with the Black Chef Movement, uh, which is a Black Chef-led food mutual aid program that um, is feeding protesters and anybody else who's out there uh, in the New York City area, like fighting for change. Um, and I, I love them. They're, they're at so many different protests. They, um, they bring nutritious meals. They like have a, a, they really try to also bring healthy stuff. I know that word can be triggering for people, but a lot of plant-based things like that, a lot of low sugar, and it's like full-blown meals. Um, and they, you know, we sometimes we have like seven events in a weekend. Um, so check them out on Instagram and social media. They're trying to raise some money because we want to do a big event. We want to like do a strong push for, for the election and provide some food outside of polls because we know the lines are going to be long. Um, so check out Black Chef Movement, support them any way you can. And if you have the ability to, and I know it is a privilege to be in the streets and protest, um, uh, and you support Black Lives Matter movement and uh, just saving our goddamn planet. Um, get out there and do it. If you're taking risks to go to brunch, if you're taking risks to see your friends, if you're seeing risks to get like a little cabin upstate, um, wake up, do something um, because uh, you're a complicit piece of shit. <laughs> <You're not>. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again in, the, in this time during this administration where the establishment is engaging in a lot of cruelty, uh, kindness and generosity is the most anti-establishment punk rock thing you can do. It really is. I fucking, I really agree with that. And if you're looking, if you're, let's say you're not like, oh, I don't know if I want to like be, you know, find your lane and contribute the way that you feel comfortable contributing. Look into mutual aid. Uh, this is something that has, has really, I'm glad I've learned a lot more about during the pandemic. And these are community-based resources, communities helping communities. If you live somewhere, especially in New York City, or if you live in that, in a metropolitan area and you've come there from somewhere else, you're joining a neighborhood when you move in somewhere. Learn about that neighborhood, support that neighborhood, um, especially if you're not from that neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, so mutual aid is a great way to get started. You can do you can do a lot of stuff volunteering from home. You can do a lot of you know the, taking intake calls for mutual aid or phone banking things like that. Just do something, please. <laughs> Absolutely agreed. You're you're admirable, Chet, and, <laughs> and I appreciate that. No, I'm not it, admirable. It, I have a half-eaten spoon of peanut butter. That's been sitting under this computer this whole interview. There's nothing admirable about that. Surprise! <laughs> I, I, res I respectfully disagree. I, I I like a good spoon of peanut butter from time to time. Uh, but that's me. Uh, this has been a blast. And like I said, I hope uh, we get to see Judy rise again in some form. Uh, just all kinds of wonderful. And... Uh, Again, like you mentioned, uh, you'll you'll give us some links for when we post this on Halloween, because uh, especially Jeff, with him being a musician, uh, if if he's got some albums that I can 
pick up on Bandcamp Friday so he gets all the money, I would gladly do that. Yeah, his uh, his band is called Five Hundred Bucks. Um, I believe I think it is uh, Five Hundred Bucks, and I'll, I'll I'll give you all the links. Stuff. I'll Google that as well and put all the links awesome. in our. And, and also uh, Augusta Koch, who who is Judy, also. Mm-hmm. The the voice of Judy. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, where can people find you if they want to find you? Yes, you, Chelsea. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram under Chelsea Bennington, but honestly, fuck that and help your community right now. I'm just kind <laughs> of like not even wanting to plug myself after hearing that. I'm like, yeah. Can't argue with that logic, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just yeah, Well, I mean, that's the podcast <laughs> name, so that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy. My, aunt, my immigrant aunt, who's nearing her 80s, has never voted before. She was pissed off enough and finally, after years, acquiesced to me helping her register. She's waiting on her uh, absentee ballot to come in. I'm going to help her with that. So, nice. so it's nice to see a tiny Portuguese woman get angry enough. So like, you know, we, we all got to find where we can make a difference. Because yeah, it is a pandemic. I'd love to be out in the streets, but then I got old people that I'd like to be around because she, she messes up her cable a lot and then calls me to come over. And but again, like you, you can't do that if you need to be with someone who's at risk. Or like I, exactly. I completely understand. Be yeah. where you are and help from where you are. There's exactly. so many ways, even if it's sharing on social. Like there's just so many ways to spread awareness that um, people in this day and age just truly do not have an excuse other than, you know, chat similar to what you said. I'm complicit. I don't care enough. I have the lovely privilege to not need to care about this and it's unfortunate you know just help your friends donate where you can really we all got skin in this game uh so now 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 the shameful plugs <laughs> you can check out spooky doings on instagram for news about the podcast spooky doings improv on facebook one day we'll be able to perform again and you'll find that information there and chat when it's safe if you want to do some horror improv and murder people on stage you can you can show us how it's done. Thanks so much. Cool. So, uh, in the meantime and in between time, happy Halloween, everybody. Stay good. Stay healthy. Stay spooky.